Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're excited to welcome back Aaron from the 501st. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be talking about the Clone Wars again. <laughs> we're so glad to have you on, especially for a clone-centric episode, which we know uh, <sighs> some of your favorites. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very yeah, happy. There's so much to talk about. You might say that we just have some unfinished business that we need to take care of. Oh, Ooh, wow. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Uh, William, you want to give us a couple of announcements? Yeah, so we actually had some uh, exciting news over the weekend. The Rise of Skywalker was supposed to release digitally uh, on Tuesday, March 18th, as you're listening to this. Uh, sorry, 17th. 17th, uh, as you're listening to this. Um just uh, two days away, but on Friday evening they dropped it digitally early. It, it they released it early for everyone, uh, which is really cool to see. So uh, if you've been waiting to to watch the Rise of Skywalker again, you can now do it. It's available for sale, uh, at least in the U.S. I know for sure. I've heard some reports uh, that it may not be available worldwide yet. I'm not really sure why, but it's really cool that Disney actually broke the release date and moved it up by four days for for people. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I, part of me suspects that this is a part of, um, they, they, they wanted to give people something fun to do this weekend, given everything else going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they also put out frozen tooth. So you're right. That was cool. Yeah. That was did. a shocker. That yeah. was like what? Four months early or something. Three, that yeah, was three, like... three months early on Disney plus. So yeah. yeah. Cause it, uh, I think they just released it on digital and Blu-ray like last month. Right. Yeah, it was so, it was like a week or two ago, yeah. not very long ago. So, my sister was like, "Oh, I'll buy you some stuff to watch while you're uh, in quarantine for the flu," and she's like, "Oh, but Frozen doesn't come out yet." Yeah. <laughs> well, and for surprise, all those listening, it was it different. Did. I think you were you were quarantined for a different flu, uh, to be right. clear, yes, yes. Uh, not not the coronavirus. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's. It's it's cool. It's it's nice that it's up. Uh, I think it's really cool of Disney actually to to do this so that people can in, have something fun to enjoy in the weekends or let their kids watch Frozen two over and over and over and over and over again during the week and <laughs> while everybody's cooking down the side. Small children are gonna do with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I know enough young kids that <laughs> that's that's how it works. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really, really, really excited to see. Um, big props to Disney for for dropping those early, um, and uh, and yeah, if you haven't seen the, if you haven't already picked it up, I do recommend it. We'll we'll, we'll review the the release uh, in a bit more detail uh, on a future episode. But uh, I did watch the um, some of the special features. I went through all the special features already, and they're really good. I also really liked the 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 it's a two hour long making of documentary the skywalker legacy uh, oh, wow. some yeah it's like a feature length documentary really cool insights some are um some are you know neat surprises like uh 
you know, like in the scene with John Williams, there's 51 objects around him and they just look random. But if you look closer, each object represents one of the 51 movies he was nominated for an Academy Award for. For doing the oh, soundtrack. that is really oh, cool. wow. That's so like, if you look closer, there's like things from Home Alone and Indiana Jones and, you know, obviously all the different Star Wars movies. And uh, it's 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 kind of cool. Um, That's cool. Or like there's a bad robot robot, you know, like J.J. Abrams company's red robot hidden in Babu Frick's shop. Like there's really cool stuff. That, that would that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's really cool stuff. Um, highly recommend checking it out. The other special, special features are great as well. And of course, the movie looks beautiful. So. Uh, go check that out. Uh, also, the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition novelization does go on sale this week as well. Uh, there's a bunch of um, interesting uh, uh, leaks that have come out. Uh, I guess if you could call it a leak. Uh, in the there's last, been a lot uh, of them. Week or two. <laughs> uh, so we will dive into those at some point as well. But it does expand on the story and give some answers to different questions fans may have had. Um also, uh, keeping up with the releases, there's a brand new season of Galaxy Adventures, the, uh, the, the, the series of shorts. Uh, season three, I guess, is kicking off uh, with the first three episodes. The Force Calls to Rey, Rey and Friends versus the First Order, and Kylo Ren and Darth Vader, A Legacy of Power. So, These were surprising. Up. This one told, totally caught me off guard that they were going to do any more of these. Yeah, yeah. It just They just randomly dropped it uh, earlier this week. Um, really cool to see. And of course, if you were if you liked the uh, the soundtrack for the Clone Wars Bad Batch arc, uh, you'll be pleased to know that they've just released the entire uh, full soundtrack for all four episodes on Spotify. Uh, with the Mandalorian, they they you know they release soundtracks after every episode, and then uh, we learned they were going to do the same with uh, you know release soundtracks for the Clone Wars as well. But for the first episode of the Bad Batch, there was only a single track the Bad Batch theme, and then there was nothing since then. So it's really cool. Mm. And now that the arc's out, they actually dropped all of the music for the Bad Batch arc. Um, so, Sweet. Yeah, so if you, if you like uh, Star Wars music, uh, and, and, and who doesn't, uh, Kevin <laughs> Kiner's fantastic score is now available. But speaking of the Bad Batch, uh, we have Ooh. some fun stuff to review. It's the, well, Tom, why don't you tell us what this is? Sure. What we're going to be doing tonight is we are reviewing The Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business, directed by Brian Kalen O'Connor and written by Matt McNevitz and Brett Friedman. In this episode, the Republic plans a daring final strike against Watt Tambo and Admiral Trench, once again bringing together Rex, Echo, Anakin Skywalker, and the elite Bad Batch squad. So the fortune cookie for this episode, believe it or not, it is... Trust placed in another is trust earned. Yeah, so one of the big things we were talking about at the end of the of last week's review was what's going to happen to to Echo. You know, it, it, it was kind of an on, ominous ending a little bit. I know, Stephen, you initially thought it was the end of the arc. Um, yep, I was very smart that way. Uh, <laughs> glad, glad we got an actual conclusion. I'm Pretty, this is the conclusion, right? This is the Just, conclusion. No, this, this okay. is the conclusion. There's actually five I, more I episodes to be left sure. in the arc. No. <laughs> I, you know what? I honestly, I would hope, I would love to at some point, if it's possible, to see them like briefly again, not in this next arc, but maybe see some Mandalore. We never know. But yeah. hey. Yeah. But, um, you know, Aaron, I'd love to hear from, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. What, what did you, what are your thoughts from the, on the first three episodes so far 
uh, just coming into this because we, we haven't actually heard your impressions that you and I were there at the screening at Lucasfilm. What, right. what, what are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I was just incredibly blown away by the, it seemed like the animation had gotten stepped up. I'm sure you guys probably covered this in the, the previous yep. mm-hmm. review, no, reviews. But please please um, mention it again. <laughs> We'd love to you want to hear your just, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just even some of the scene transitions, the, um, the subtle movements, the, the expressions on the clones and, and all the other models they've been using for these episodes. It was just so like, oh, this is what it should have been from the beginning. And I mean, it's nice that we're getting this, you know, to close it all out. And it was a little bittersweet, but um, I really, really, of course, liked the focus on the clones and this, uh, the Bad Batch and how their differing personalities kind of clashed against each other, but then also eventually came together and worked. And that was just so fun. The, 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 oh, the whole arc was just fun, um, mm-hmm. which, again, is, is pretty classic Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. that was... Uh, also very refreshing and just getting back into the the meat of it the battles the 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 craziness <laughs> the, so, the reason that we fell in love with the show in the first place and, and i have to ask you this since you are a member of the 501st do you know of any of the members that are actually making the armor for the bad batch at this moment go ahead and tell us oh they have already been doing that since like way back Oh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, at celebration, one of them oh, pop was, up. There, one of my friends here in North Texas uh, was Hunter at uh, Chicago. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Honestly, I was not at Chicago, so I wasn't aware that there was actually members out there oh, dressed oh, as the Bad Batch. I, I think there may be a wrecker somewhere, um, but really, all I know of is a Hunter. Um, mm-hmm. At least one here. Um, I was trying to get him a little bit of extra help on some of the design aspects because they never really released um, other than what we saw of the you know the the rough animations from the right. silver reels a couple of years ago. They never really released any of the um, character keys or the turnarounds. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "I need some you know I need some it, a little bit more information, some feedback. Does this look right? Is this about good?" <laughs> and uh, you know, I kind of. Got him some some head nods and some yeah that's that's the right direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah no he had uh, he had the full full getup he had the the uh, bandana in the on the hair his his face ma- uh, face painting and oh, so cool. Um, oh he he looks fabulous. Uh, he's got the right build for it and everything. So um, yeah he, there there are plenty of of clone aficionados in the works. <laughs> Very cool. So with this episode, the one thing that really kicked it off was everybody was trying to figure out Echo's loyalty. And even Tech brought up that concern because even at that point, Tech had this little feeling, is he really still a clone or did they finally turn him? It was subtle, but it was very noticeable. And in this episode, I was glad we were able to figure out if he was turned or not. I'll have to say, I did really like that. It's never really a question like everyone questions whether or not he's turned, but Echo right. doesn't really ever do anything to make it suspicious. Mm. Like he just he does what he thinks he needs to do. Yeah, right. He's very matter of fact about it. Yeah. And he he doesn't ever like really like protest a lot. Like when they kind of question him, he doesn't get defensive mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it. He just shows them right. you know, yep. what he's doing. Yeah. Right. And to a certain extent that can bring on the bit of a question and concern 
if that is a loyalty or not. Right. Yeah. Now, the, the way they approached this this topic was really interesting because you know, we started to speculate a little bit at the end of the last episode, um, you know, whether they might go this route. And they kind of did, right? They, 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 it was definitely a question that was brought up, like tech, tech expressive concerns early on. Um, you know, later there's a, a little bit of concern, but not, it's very mild concern. Like, all right, you know, is, is your plan like going to kill Obi-Wan and Mace Windu? But while they, they kind of comment, I don't know, maybe we can trust you. They, they don't really try to stop him at all. It's never really like a big threat, I guess. Um, uh, and on the one hand, I think that kind of diminishes the, the suspense a little bit. Cause you never really feel like Echo's going to turn. Uh, on the other hand, um, I kind of appreciated the fact that for the most part, like they kind of gave him, it was almost like they were giving him more of a hard time than actually mistrusting him. And mm-hmm. and throughout it all, Anakin never loses faith in Echo. Rex mm-hmm. never loses faith in Echo. Mace and Obi-Wan never lose faith in Echo. And uh, while it did kind of lower the stakes, it, it, it was nice to see how they all still trusted him, even if a few of the Bad Batches were kind of like poking fun at him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that kind of worked was just Echo in and of himself, because even at the last episode when they sat there and, and it was like a doubt when the episode ended, he had the look on his face of like doubt. And that made you think, did he turn? Did he not? And even in this case, even though it was more matter of fact, yes, not to jump ahead, but when Echo's plan to bring in all those droids, there was no question, but it was still like that doubt was there. Right. And, and it made it work because the character kind of had that little bit of a doubt in and of himself. It's like, do I still fit in as a clone? Even though part of me is, is cybernetic. I think more cybernetic than tech yeah. actually probably absolutely more cybernetic than tech. Yeah. They, they definitely stayed away from like the home front style suspense of like uh, home front homeland uh, is, you know, is he, is he turned? Is he not? But I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Like on the one hand, I kind of wish there'd been a little more of the suspense on the other hand, it's nice they didn't really do that to Echo as much. And, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, he, he's Echo and he's trying to do the right thing and they might give him a hard time, but, you know, not a big deal. Yeah. So what did you guys think of, and I love this, when Mace Windu, once they got into the middle of all that droid battle, Mace Windu just had his little, um, God, what do they call it? What, what do they call it when a villain does? Monologue. wasn't a villain. Yeah, monologue. What do you think of his monologuing? <laughs> I thought it was really fun. I it we don't get to see a whole lot of Mace, you know, having his hands involved in the direct action as much. Mm-hmm. So I I really liked seeing that side of him again. Mm-hmm. But was did did I get it? Did I see it correctly? Where there was a shot of Obi Wan where Obi Wan was just kind of staring at him like, what? <laughs> And there was there was some kind of look when when Mace did that. There was some kind of look from Obi Wan was like looking over, going, "What?" Well, I I love the scene, honestly. Like it's such. Oh a no, great, I totally loved it too. Uh, it, like Mace Windu, like, he he literally jumps through the ceiling, lands on the the ground, this massive massive hangar, right? Or uh, and then makes this great speech about how monologue, about how he's killed, you know, over a hundred thousand of these B ones and <laughs> kind of gives them an opportunity to surrender and be reprogrammed so they can serve the good of the Republic rather than, you know, waging war across the galaxy. And, you know, <laughs> like they're droids. They're not going to turn anyway, but you know, it was really kind of fun to see him do that and just kind of show off how like, you know, how awesome Mace Windu is. 
Um, yeah. And of course, you know, it still turns into a giant, giant battle. But hey, it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm so glad that Mace Windu had an expanded role in this. It's really nice to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though they only have a, a you know a limited number of episodes, it's cool to get some some Mace Mace time. Was he in the original? Of course, the original series. Sorry, not on the original. Sorry, was he in oh. the animatics okay. version oh. of this? Yeah. I was like Steven. <laughs> no, oh, uh, I don't remember. I, I was, I was you almost know how long it's been. Yeah, I uh, was going to go back and say, you mean the animated part, the the original original animated? Oh yeah, because he had his bad a moment in that one too. Yeah, you know, I do remember that. He <laughs> was definitely in this in the in the story reel. Um, okay. This actually, this episode I think was pretty true to form, uh, with the exception of the end, which I'll touch on when we get there. They did change the very end of the episode, uh, but otherwise it was fairly faithful, uh, as far as I know. However, it's I don't called- remember any of that real because I was too busy laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why are I, you laughing at it, Aaron? I could not get past the like giant eyeballs with no eyelids. The the oh. movements where they just like they just scooted across the floor <laughs> because it was so rough. I get it. I <laughs> yes, get it. I know. It made it hard to pay attention to the story. I was just laughing too hard. I yeah, and and I have never went back and watched them after they put up them on YouTube. So, mm. um, a lot of people had been harping about some of the changes in the earlier episodes, and I was like, what? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have to say, like, we've been covering the the comparison of the story reel to the uh, the finished version, just because I think it's interesting, but it does kind mm-hmm. of disappoint me how many fans are like complaining or hating and on Disney for, for changes or, or Lucasfilm for changes that were made. I, I just find it kind of Disney silly. didn't like, do it. Like okay. wasn't you know, Disney's doing, I mean, Disney okay, is a but... company, but specifically like it's Lucasfilm. It's, it's Filoni. Like there's seven years since they, you know, were yeah. working on this eight years, really since they were working on this, of course, things are going to change. Uh, they're, you know, story uh, reels always change. A story say. always changes. Even if they produced the episode and finished them eight years ago, I bet you would have been different than the animatic we saw. Yeah. Right. Like, there's always going to be a change. That's the part where they're trying to map out what is the story even going to look like. We've got some voice lines, we got some animation, but we don't want to finish everything because we're still figuring out what the flow looks like and all these sorts of things. So it's. It, I wouldn't be surprised if these things had remained even then. Yeah. And putting a story in animatic gives you the opportunity to say, okay, there's a hole here. How can we go back and fix this hole to explain what's going to happen later? Right. That's the purpose of an animatic. It lets you catch things like flow and shots and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, of course they're going to change even then. And now add seven years onto it and it's going to change even more. So it's a little unfortunate to see the people complaining. And I, I, part of me wonders if that's why uh, Disney has actually started to pull the unfinished story reels, I I was going through trying to find them on YouTube, and they were there up until last, you know, even last week. We were going and comparing. Oh, um, interesting. But now every <laughs> single story reel for the Bad Batch, and only the Bad Batch, Crystal Crisis on Oodipow, still there, has been pulled due to copyright infringement uh, by Disney. <laughs> uh, interesting. And a part of me wonders if that's a response to the fans that are just like the small portion of the fans that are ranting and raving about changes that were made um, conspiracy theories yeah. <sighs> it's like that's oh, too yes. bad so no, we actually couldn't compare it to the original <laughs> like so i'm now going on like what i remember from the episode from you know uh from years ago and and stuff but yeah the how long are, ago was that was that that's 2015 yeah i think that was celebration anaheim right yeah uh, yeah because the show was, was canceled in 20 
2013? 2014 now? I thought it was 2013. Uh, it's canceled in 2013, and I think they put the story uh, story reels out in 20 a year later. Sounds right. Or no, maybe they did... Oh. Because they, they did the animatics as kind of the first couple of things they released, and they got progressively rougher and rougher as right. we got farther out. So I think Bad Batch was amongst the very beginning for those. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, sorry, A Death on Utapau was released in 2014. Uh, sorry, uh, The Crystal Crisis on Utapau arc was released in uh, 2014 on the Blu-ray release of The Clone Wars Lost Missions. And uh, the Bad Batch arc was was aired at Celebration 2015. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh. But the but the Clone Wars was canceled in 2013. The Mall arc came out in 2014. So yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been five years since we saw the story reels, and even then, that was two years after the show was canceled. So. Wow. <sighs> a lot of things change. It's cool to see just from a story evolution standpoint, but really that's mm-hmm. it. At least that's the way I well, think about it. What one thing from the story reel that never changed. Wrecker still wants to blow something up. He was so <laughs> eager in this episode. I mean, okay, so they go on to the, uh, Andor, Admiral Trench's ship, and Anakin sat there and said, you know, let's not try and do anything. And they were supposed to go stealthily, which I think this was the first time they actually got onto the ship and really were stealth and didn't get into trouble right when they stepped foot onto the ship. But Wrecker still just wanted to blow something up. <laughs> I, I think that's why it's so satisfying, like, when he eventually gets well, especially the honor. at the end yeah yeah like it kind of brings wrecker full circle which i appreciate and his excitement is just is so great um but yeah i, I think that I, w- I was actually surprised that they managed to get go stealthily onto the uh onto admiral trench's ship because their, their plan for those who maybe not maybe don't remember is uh mace is going to attack the assembly complex with obi-wan while the bad batch anakin and rex uh, go at and echo attack trenches uh, communication vault on his separatist dreadnought uh, and i actually liked it too because this is a nice way for echo to almost atone for his sins of helping mm-hmm. the separatists even though he had no control over it he's now able to use the same uh you know the, the same way of interfacing with the separatist systems and, and providing intel back to trench he's able to use that for the good of the republic this time because right. Trench doesn't know that Echo escaped. If you'll remember, Watt Tambor refused to report it because he was terrified um, mm-hmm. uh, about reporting a failure. And as you know, the the bad guys typically do, they don't report a failure until they can, you know, get it back under control. And by that point, it's too late. And that there was a smart thing. That, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Aaron. Was, go ahead. There wasn't anything that they did really that you know they they. Watt Tambor said something about, you know, we need to recoup our losses for this, but they didn't really address that mm-hmm. with this episode. So I wonder if that's yeah, that's a bit of a setting up something for later, or that was just, you know, left in from when this was already going to be a, um, uh, you know, continuing season of episodes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a good question. The one thing I did appreciate, though was right when uh, Echo plugged into the mainframe. Tech did sit there and remind him, hey, you've got to make it look like it is coming from Skeko Minor because you don't want to make it look like it's coming from this ship. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. And I love the, like, <laughs> even the, the, the cinematography was really was really cool. I even like the, the zoom in on Echo's face when he plugged his Skomp Link 
you know, mm-hmm. it's like basically replaced his hand. Yeah, that was that was different. I don't think we've and, seen anything quite like that. Yeah, like uh, super super cinematography wise. Shot. Yeah. Mm-mm. It was. There's there's been some really interesting new neat things that they've done. Yeah. Cinematography wise. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't think we mentioned it earlier. The um the Y wings that were uh bombing the shipyard. That's true. Forgot about that. The um. Uh, there was that one view where they're like, there are three or four of them going straight down uh, mm-hmm. in the center of the shot. Mm-hmm. That was very, very reminiscent of a Ralph McQuarrie concept mm-hmm. image of the Death Star run. You're right. Nice catch. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I, like I never caught that. I, I, it, I, it looked familiar to me for a second. I was like, well, wait, I don't remember seeing this before. Uh-huh. And then I kind of thought about it and looked through some things. I was like, oh, oh, that's concept art. So... <laughs> Uh, they're still pulling stuff from, you know, Ralph McQuarrie, 40, 40 something years, uh, you know, lost in a vault somewhere that, well, I mean, it still comes up yeah. every now and then in, in other right. media, but, um, you know, that's, it's, it's still visually inspired by it, which I think is really, really interesting and, uh, a good full circle, uh, closure for it. Yeah. And you got to hand it to people who know their stuff. If they can pull mm-hmm. it off, they pulled it off. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great catch. I there's something about it that looked familiar. It felt very distinctly Star Wars, um, but I, I I couldn't place it. That's that's really great. To, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the, I, Steven, what did you think of the whole space? But I I liked seeing the uh, the you know the the older Y wings and droid starfighters. It made me happy. Is <laughs> I think my answer. Uh, I just I appreciated the. Uh, I guess actually was it. So I'm trying to remember where I, what it reminded me of specifically. I think it reminded me of the 2D Clone Wars series because I think they have a couple of shots that are similar of like the Y-Wings launching from the Venators and um, watching the bombing run go in and all those types of little bit things. Just, oh, it's the type of thing I would have loved to see more of, um, especially since we got all the shots of the uh, Separatist uh, you know, Space Forces. I was really hoping that maybe, just maybe, we'd get to see kind of a like a battle between the two, but mm. we got a little bit, we got hints on it, but it was more of a bombing run than a, yeah, you know, a giant dog fight. And that was well, actually we saw some of that in like the, this, you know, the sizzle reels before the episode starts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. I know. I'm it just, it's always a tease. Yeah. But admittedly, <laughs> I, I do just want to see an entire show. That's just that. So I don't, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I suspect the budget on that's probably a little bit on the tricky side to handle it, but, uh, I can dream. It would be, it would be nice for sure. Um, speaking of familiar ships, I also really appreciate it. Like we've, we've seen the Havoc Marauder, the the Bad Batch Clone Force ninety nine ship previously, um, mm. but this is the first time we did like I don't know like it, that shot of it flying head on toward the Dreadnought really made it look a lot like a Lambda class shuttle, um, and really kind of had that classic feel to it as they were trying to board a. You know, an enemy ship or an infiltrating behind enemy lines, uh, and they had to like send these you know codes. Well, this time they weren't sending a code. Echo was just sending a, a pretending, making the droids, stuff destroyers think that they were uh, uh, other uh, droids. But still, it had a very Return of the Jedi feel to it, which I mm-hmm. appreciated quite a bit. And that's the one thing I found very fascinating is you have the droids sitting here watching the ship on a screen shows a, a completely different class of ship until the signal is sent. And then it looks like William, what was the ship that, and cause you kept saying this one from, um, 
the Sith Sith whatever it was called the Sith the no no thank you Sheathbeed oh oh god yeah sorry oh that's a name I could have no that that's a that's a name that we that's a name I haven't heard in a long time but. We we really didn't Even need to go there, that. but it it switched. It went from the Bad Batch ship into that ship, and they're like, "Well, looks like one of ours." It's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> well, well, Tom, really, like, droids—they're really basically computers, right? They're photoreceptors. They don't actually need to see with their eyes. Uh, uh-huh. Are they really even using their you know, photoreceptors, or are they just you know processing bits of information that are going into their processors and? And okay. therefore, they're not actually seeing the ship. Uh, and when it changes, but I mean, William, this, this is that really any different than what you see? <laughs> Isn't it? You know, series of rods and cones in your eyes. But exactly. Yeah. So who can trust what well, we see? Well, can I was going to say. I mean, take a look at how many droids. The, take a look at how many droids missed Mace Windu standing on top of a a cargo crate inside this huge hangar. I mean, really, are they using their eyes? And a uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, <laughs> we we can take them to the droid optometrist and find out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, Echo's plan. He you know he doesn't tell everyone else what his plan is. Which for someone who, where there's a little bit of suspicion, like it may not be the best decision. But hey, that's fine. Um, it worked out for him. Uh, you know he he basically orders all of the droids to attack Obi Wan and Mace's position because that way they will free up all the other uh, battlegrounds where all the, the, all the different fronts where wars are being, battles are being fought. And Echo can basically with one, uh, with one action send a feedback pulse to shut down all the droids and save the day. And it's, it's actually kind of a cool plan. It's a cool plan, but it's very funny how you had Mace Windu sit there and say, uh, is this really an Anakin Skywalker plan? And, and, and Obi-Wan was just like, yeah, this does sound like a plan of his. I mean, Anakin's never been known for plans. Well, especially the easy plan. It's always a hard plan. Yeah. But, you know, I, they even acknowledge that, you know, if, if, if that's Anakin's plan, chances are they have the easy part and Anakin's going to be doing most of the work. <laughs> uh, Again. Yeah, yeah. You call that easy? Well, once the droids got shut down, then it ended up being. It the was easy part. pretty easy if you look at it. Like, I mean, they did fight off hundreds of battle droids back to back. Which yeah, was, but they lost a the lot way. of clone troopers. If you take a look at how many were left in that circle at the end, yeah, yeah, they there lost were not a- many. Yeah. How how does that make you feel, Aaron? <laughs> very very sad. <laughs> but at uh, least Jesse was there. That I did. Cool. Oh, I loved seeing Jesse briefly. Briefly. But that was cool. And he survived. That's good. Yes. Um, but that, that whole scene with Mason Obi-Wan was just so cool. And, and seeing the hundreds of droid parts, you know, scattered all oh, around the floor. Everywhere. And then getting like, you know, seeing hundreds of more droids appear. It, it really felt like they amped up the scale of this yeah. episode. I, I couldn't actually go back and compare the story real, but it did feel like it was significantly bigger ground battle than they may have you know gone for in the past well it seemed like they had to because if i remember correct in the episode the droids basically took over i think half of that shipping ship complex Mm -hmm. so that must have been a lot of battalions to be in there to take over that much because didn't also admiral Trent say that it was going to be if they defeated the rebellion i'm sorry the um 
the Republic at this point with the loss of their troops, then basically the droid army would have been able to run over the rest of the Republic from that point forward. If you yep. take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. But just, yeah. just purely so, in terms of like an animation standpoint, the number of oh, yeah, yeah, they sorry. had, that's what was impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, and the th- I don't think they would have, they could have done that previously. That may be a nice side effect of moving to Disney plus with newer technology and, and a seven year wait. It, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. Lots of really good computers. Yeah. Computing technology has changed a lot in seven years. Yeah, um, that and and the computer program yeah. and the rendering and the lighting and we could go on and on with all the ings because it looks amazing. It does, but so it makes good. me excited for Siege of Mandalore even more. Oh God, I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to get through this episode first. Then we got to get through the Ahsoka part, and then we get to a Siege of Mandalore. But yeah. man, it's so, so much good stuff. So Echo manages to um, to disarm all the droids, and they're thankfully rescued, at least so we think. But uh, it turns out Admiral Trench actually has a, an ace up his sleeve. We know he's a pretty brilliant tactician, and I, I feel like in this arc we haven't really seen as much of his um, his brilliance uh, as far as tactics go, just because he's been relying on the information from from Echo. I. And I don't know that I'd call this brilliance either. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't either. That's true. He basically decides that he, uh, he's like, my personal strategy is victory through total annihilation, meaning I have a giant bomb underneath the the assembly complex. And he activates it. I mean, I, I guess that works. Like... And it's not actually, to be clear, it's not just that the bomb gets activated. It's also, I think, doesn't he say it's going to blow up most of the planet as well? I think half right. of it. Yeah, most yeah. of it. Yeah. That's, that seems a little extreme. That, I mean, total he annihilation. Total, yeah, and he wanted a total victory, I guess, in this case. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is total. But it does and give guess, Mace an opportunity to shine. True. Well, Although that I'm, and also Echo to a certain point. Were you guys confused by the bomb itself? Very much like, so, but how, please please do explain. Okay. Let's see if we're so, confused in the so same Mace way. So Mace gets yeah, to the ahead. bomb. And, you know, it looks suitably bomb-like. Lots of little protrusions poking off of it and so on. Ray shields get activated to protect it. And then in a really cool sequence, uh, Mace uses the force to kind of enter in the disarming code that he's getting from Echo. Uh-huh. But they're entering in the codes with, like, a slider. And I don't... I, I never... It's such a weird way to like lock in numbers with a slider. I just that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> to, to be honest, when I first saw that, I'm like, that reminds me of an old audio board I used to work <laughs> when I was in college, because audio yeah. boards have sliders. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to a certain extent, I'll say it didn't. It bothered me for a second, but when you saw it, not so much be a slider like a nice smooth thing, but it was almost like a click 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 type motion. Then I'm like, yeah, it's Mace Windu. I can buy it. So, the, uh, for for me, uh, and actually, I noticed the first time I saw the episode. I actually don't remember. I, I don't remember the story real well enough to know if this was there as well. But um, you know, Echo is is there, and he's he's plugged into the system and trying to read off the numbers to Mace Windu, right? And um, the the thing, and I noticed it right off the bat, first time I saw it at, at Lucasfilm, and every time I watch it since then, uh, I think it's three, the final version three times, um, 
the the sliders do not equate with the numbers. Or at least if they do, I cannot figure out how it works. <laughs> totally agree. Um, I totally agree. So I know where you're going. Keep he's going. He's like three, and they put the slider all the way at the bottom, and then one just above three. I'm not sure how one's just above three unless it's reversed, but three was at the bottom. But okay, let's continue. Uh, eight is at almost the top, and then seven's above eight on the slider. And so basically, like if the if you're reading down the list, it's like eight and then seven. And then mm-hmm. one and then three. I have no idea how this slider works. <laughs> Maybe numbers work yeah. differently in the Star Wars galaxy, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I get this feeling somebody was watching Spinal Tap because the um the um speaker went to eleven and that's one above ten. And somebody was looking at this going, Well, let's see. If three is here, then one is probably above three and I don't know. I mean look at <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bring up a no very sense. important point, guys. Go ahead. Uh, you're, we're making an assumption that numbers are ordered in the same way in Star Wars. That's what I was saying, right? It, it's possible okay, Star Wars go. Galaxy. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So we so we know at least know the the order of no, the numbers three, one, eight, and seven. Right. So we're just missing a few more. So I I think Maybe. what we actually need to do is go and check, probably starting with Episode Four. Uh, with everyone, when you know, we get the like red five checking in and all that. Like, we always assume they were just because that's also not in order. Nope. Wait a minute. Um, hold on. Or is it in order? Oh my gosh, oh, guys, guys, come on. Hold on, hold on. I figured it out. I figured it out. Wow. I'm confused. I know how the slider works. The slider works in film release order. So it goes four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine from bottom to top. I- I think you're right, William. That's I gotta think that be works. It. Okay, I'm gonna run with it. I agree with you. If it doesn't work, <laughs> it doesn't that quite work, please but it's close enough. Post it. <laughs> right, because let's see, I'm three was below, and then one. No, okay, that wouldn't have worked then, because one would, three would have had to be above one. I don't know. Uh, I'm just gonna assume. Star Wars maybe logic. Mace in, this Mace is how it maybe works. Maybe Mace inputted it wrong. He meant to do four, because then that would make sense. Uh, I mean, Four. would it make sense? We're not really sure, but <laughs> okay. It was overall, it was a minor, minor critique. Um, it's very possible that they, you know, this. I don't know. They didn't have the dialogue ready when they started to animate it, or they changed the dialogue or changed the animation. I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows why? It doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. <laughs> not important. Uh... It, it's it, it's a minor thing that works but also gives Mace the one opportunity to possibly shine when he only gets four of the five numbers. And he was going to basically give it a good educated guess for that last number. <laughs> so because Echo got knocked out. Yeah. He got a, he got a, a, a pulse surging pulse that basically knocked him out, which that's like, okay, well Mace is on his own and Mace is like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to guess 10% chance. Let's do this. Well, actually, okay, again, we yeah, don't know. Yeah, Maybe wait, it's a fifty percent, another twenty percent chance. We don't know how many numbers there are. Another technical question: It's a slider, yes. And like, in order to hit a number, you have to slide it over the other numbers, right? Right. So, like, why couldn't he just slide over all the numbers and see what happens? <laughs> right. You're brilliant. Like, you, you figured well, it out. That's how somebody. Isn't that isn't that how they they break a. Um, uh, uh, a circular lock is they sit there and they wait for the click to, to engage. It's basically the same mm-hmm. thing here. Well, yeah, maybe if you wait too long, then it actually, you know, kicks in and then it, like, if you got it wrong, it explodes. So, you know, when you're sliding it, to be careful not to linger too long. Good uh, point. 
And he was also standing far away from it, so he couldn't, like, you know, hear the click or anything. It's true. Can you feel uh, it? Uh, okay. Well, I think at this point, <laughs> he was able to put the proper number in there, which the last one was a number seven again. And the race shield ended up going down, and the bomb was disarmed, and basically Mace Windu, being Mace Windu, saved the day. At least at that point. But there was still the problem with Trench on the ship. Yeah, and, and before we jump into that, um, like one other tiny little detail, like the shot of Echo convulsing when the electricity surged through him. That was great. Man, I felt ah uh, brutal. I felt bad for Echo. Yep. It's just oof. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Don't you just love the show being back? I mean, <laughs> not, not to make it sound bad, but honestly, the the care they put into this for the animation, the look, and everything. Don't you just love the show being back? We can talk about stuff like this because it was just so freaking cool. It's yep. yes, one hundred percent, and ah, oh, it's so good. It's just. It's so, so, so good. Um, so I, I think then we get to one of the most, uh, the biggest foreshadowing, I would say, of the of the episode, uh, and maybe even the arc. And that's when Ad, uh, Anakin confronts Admiral Trench. Um, and he basically demands the, demands the final code in the disarming sequence, and Trench refuses. And something very interesting happens next. Aaron, your thoughts? <laughs> he basically uh, uh, shows his hand that uh, he's not really the Jedi that Trench expects him, expects him to be. In that he's willing to threaten him and then uh, cut off his uh, arms, tentacles, what what. It, what, what would they be? Feet? So, so, so in other words, so in other words, did Anakin disarm Admiral Trench the way that Mace Windu oh disarmed the Thank bomb? You, Tom, I was waiting for it. I was so about to do it. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you took it. Oh, that's great. I had Anakin, to. Anakin the disarming sequence is what I'm learning here. Yep, I walked right into that one. Oh, I, um, had, to. I had to. I'm sorry. Are you though, Tom? Yes, I, was I hurting am. You. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, the, but okay. I, I do like this scene in in that we are getting that that glimpse of Anakin getting to that point where we do know he's at in Episode Three. Yep. That was the point of the Clone Wars was to bridge that gap between two and three, mm-hmm. and basically fill in the gaps, make the story flow from one side of the war to the other, and. <sighs> Other than maybe the Mortis arc, I don't know that we really saw this dark side of Anakin yet. Yeah. Um, there were there were some slow glimpses, some some kind of you know he would get really angry or or um, uh, but he hadn't really f- physically lashed out like that before. Yeah, and he does get kind of dark. We we even get a hint of the you know the the Imperial March uh, when he. He he, uh, Trench is like, oh, you're a Jedi, you know. Uh, Dooku will kill me if I lose an Axis, but you won't. And you know, it's like you think I won't. And he, that's when he cuts off the Trench's uh, tentacle arm appendage thingies, and um, and uh, we get the, the little bit of the Imperial March as he says, I don't have such weaknesses. Yeah, Ooh, Anakin. That oof. was. 
Very dark. And that was very foretelling of what's to come. It, when he stabs Trench through the heart. <laughs> oh, and then I, I got to say that. this. Didn't you guys appreciate when Trench fell down on his back? You see his little appendages kind of flick like a dead spider. I thought they were going to stay there, but then he I, flopped back down did too. <laughs> I was, again, this is morbid. So cool to watch the animation. I'm sorry. I loved it. Horrible that was calm, a nice. You are, you are correct. The little twitching was a nice touch. I think the way he yes. like almost acted like he was drunk and was like stumbling around before he fell on the ground was a little bit silly, but the twitching was good. I like that part. No, I I think for I think for Admiral Trench, I am gonna just let it go and say I think it worked. It didn't bother me at all. I just loved how he just fell on the floor and that little twitch and then done. <laughs> In Trench's def- uh, Anakin's defense, he did uh, Trench did attack first with his electro yes. staff cane thing. Um, but yeah, Anakin just has no mercy. He's like, you're dead. Well, not, not just that, not, not only through the heart, but through the chair too. I mean, it went all the way through. Talk about brutality. So good. I mean, if you're going to do it, might as well do it right. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But well, the one talking thing about he brutality, did... Tom, what talking about brutality, that escape sequence. Oh, the escape sequence, but you're forgetting one thing. The one thing Anakin did before he left the bridge, uh, he did make sure he grabbed the the kill switch to blow up the ship. <laughs> oh, and Wrecker is just gonna Wrecker's gonna love this. Yeah, but on top of, of that, life. Wrecker, you're talking about the escape from the bridge on all those droids. I mean, you want to talk about the Separatists losing a bunch of droids? They lost a boatload in this episode, not only on the planet and uh, an axis, but also on the ship. This may be you know, Wrecker's was, best scene. Yeah. In the in the Bad Batch. Steven? I was going to say, it was not a good day for the Separatists. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we get the the best competition between Wrecker and Crosshair to see who can kill the most droids and in the most impressive fashion. And I think that was the coolest <laughs> thing about the episode because they were able to give both of those, both of them a time to shine. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, Aaron. Did, were you going to say something? Oh, I just the the hallway sequence with uh, Crosshair was my probably my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but for sure, for sure. Um, oh, like, yeah, you, do you want to scri- describe it for people who maybe don't remember? It, it's it's so impressive. Um, just how he was going through the hallway, uh, cleaning up the droids that were following them from the back and leaving these little metallic discs. You didn't really know quite, you weren't quite sure what they were for um, until he had set a whole bunch down. They were all following him. He turns around, lands one bolt on the reflector discs, which then they uh, ricochet off in a spiral pattern, taking out all of the droids down this long hallway. It Mm -hmm. was amazing with a single yeah. shot like i can't believe he took them all out with a single shot it was the most impressive one shot oh my gosh i, I play as a sniper on uh, like battlefront and stuff a lot so i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> i can see it now you're hoping that at some point battlefront's gonna get one of those yeah. don't you don't you oh man that would be incredible <laughs> so i just came to the realization about this in this episode i mean uh all all the Bad Batch got to shine, but did we really get to see Hunter in this episode shine? We saw uh, Tech do his thing with Echo. We saw Wrecker go through basically wreck things, and then we saw uh, Crosshair 
but did we really see uh, Hunter do anything in this episode? I mean, he had his little vibroblades, didn't he? But did he take down droids? I mean, uh, yeah, I feel like he did take a little bit more of a back. He he certainly, yeah, that's what I thought. Slightly more of a backseat, but yeah, you know, I I think that's that's okay. Uh, Oh, I'm not I'm not knocking it because I I think the two that really needed to shine in this episode was actually Wrecker and Crosshair. And boy, Mm -hmm. did they! Like, oh, we didn't talk about Wrecker yet, but. Wrecker, uh, I, I love it. He, he, you know, before Crosshair goes, because Crosshair outshines him. But Wrecker decides to take out all the battle droids using purely hand-to-hand combat. Like, and I just love mm-hmm. how he like cracks his knuckles, like bulldozing. I don't know that yeah. you call it combat. <laughs> yeah, he just he just bulldozed down the hallway. Uh, and oh yeah, or uh, you know, wrecking ball. He literally, he literally shout, you know, uh-huh. yells. Time to release the wrecking ball, and I the the commentary from uh, everyone like in this sequence was just almost as good as the action. Like with Hunter saying, "I honestly feel bad for the droids." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was so funny. Or even the B one shouting, "Not the face!" Right before it yeah, gets not smashed the- in the head. Uh, I mean, Crosshairs was like you said, Aaron. Crosshairs was by far the best. The most impressive because single shot and just, you know hit everything, um, but Wreckers is great too, and I love the rivalry between them. Uh, you know, is, well, they're constantly just trying to to one up each other. I just loved Hunter's comment of like, "Don't worry, you'll get him yeah. next time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crosshair's yeah. like, "No, you Crosshair won't." Crosshair says, "No, you won't." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. And then, of course, you know, Wrecker, again, as we, we started to say earlier, gets his, his you know, uh, happiest day of his life when he gets to blow up Trench's uh, command ship, uh, his dreadnought, using the remote detonator stick. And just that, like, takes out a couple of the other ships nearby. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he, he only he, he got three for the price of one when you look at it. Oh, it's a beautiful explosion. And Wrecker was overjoyed. Yeah. As he should be, really. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? You got that wrong in an episode. Just me? Just me? Okay. Yeah, maybe the Separatists shouldn't uh, make remote detonators for their entire battleship. No. Maybe not the best strategy. And maybe they should hide them, hide them better. Yeah. Hey, Trench, so, Trench learned, but yeah. he's also dead. Well, he learned the hard way. He's He ain't coming back from this one. Uh, did he learn? He, he's dead. He died before. Well, yeah. I don't think he learned, William. I think he st- he saw Anakin steal the detonator before he you know fell. Uh, he's smart enough; he'd figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, well, I think for this episode, the the hardest thing about it was the actual end of the episode, when you know you're not going to be able to see, or not that we know of, seeing the Bad Batch again. But you know, it's it's basically winding up Echo's storyline in this. What did you guys think of how it was wrapped up? And I so I, I like that the question that Echo gets posed is really like, hey, you can be, you know, part of the, uh, you know, what, I was gonna say Clone Force ninety nine or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, or you can go back and be with the rest of the troops. And I really appreciate that Rex is very supportive of either way, and right. just kind of tells Echo like, hey, wherever you feel like you belong, that that's where you should be. Well, he doesn't have a squad anymore, so yeah. that's true. Uh, he really should have the option to go wherever he wants. 
yeah and, and but he is the, you know the heart... go ahead william i was gonna say that he, he is um you know different now too right he it's a little bit harder for him i'm sure to to like go into battle uh like uh you know with the rest of the regs just because he you know he, he one of his hands is now a, a scomplink right he'd lost one of his hands mm. uh, um i'm sure he could still he can still fight with the other one but you know he's he's a little bit uh different and the bad batch is is a group of clones who have these unique different abilities um but that's what makes them all really special and so it, it's kind of bittersweet to see the to see him leave but also really it's really really nice as well you know mm-hmm. that he, he gets to join the bad batch especially a, a group that as you remember at the beginning of this arc they talked about how they hated regs and they liked to you know they kind of worked worked alone uh they did their own thing uh they're very much insular and i kind of i don't know about you i kind of got the impression that they had been together forever you know the bad mm-hmm. batch we don't actually know that but uh or the clone force 99 um but you know it, it's 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 nice that echo actually kind of finds a, a home and it, it, it wraps up his his story nicely and it also mm-hmm. wraps up the fact that again early on rex was fighting with clone force 99 constantly all right, right. Like, there were times a wrecker like picked him up and started like choking him and stuff um and at the end rex comments about how they're you know one of some of the finest clones uh he's ever seen and kind of gives echo permission to leave uh and then as as you know they're as he walks away echo and all of the all of the bad batch they salute rex back as a sign of respect and mm-hmm. that kind of uh means a lot after the after what they've gone through over the last couple episodes and I think the the thing for me that was hardest was you saw it in the previews where you had the voiceover of I've lost a lot of friends and you see that look of, you know, sadness and Rex, but now it's in context where it's like, he's lost a lot of friends. And in this case, he just lost, not because they were lost in battle. This one, he lost a friend that now is going to a different, um, a different battalion, if you want to put it that way or a different, you know, uh, force. So you're like, it's to a point right now where it's like Rex, is he starting to feel alone, even though he's got Cody? But is he starting to feel like the pressures of the war? He's losing friends left and right. Is he starting to feel like alone now, other than Anakin and maybe Cody? But that whole group around him, it's now becoming just down to him. Yeah. I wonder how much that will or won't play into uh, Siege of Mandalore. Good point. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. Now the other question you know, I have well, is, you know, okay, Dave Filoni. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, speaking of that's your 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 comment, Stephen. Dave Filoni at the screening actually mentioned that the Bad Batch arc has a tremendous effect on what we're going to see the rest of the series. And mm. I have to mention, maybe it's something around the impact on Rex or on uh, or on Anakin or something. Because as it stands, I don't really see how it has a tremendous impact on the rest of the. That series because it is kind of a it's a, you know it's a, it's an insular four part story arc um maybe they show up later in like the siege of mandalore or the bad batch but for the most part it seems like their story is done but supposedly it has a tremendous effect on what we're going to see the rest of the season so i'm excited so i was gonna bring up so echo now 
is, let's say, part cyborg. Do you think he knows about that chip in the head? Hmm. Because that that's something going forward. It's like, if he had all that... Uh, well, okay, we do know that when you go back to um, the episodes with Echo and, and, and the whole thing about the chip in the head thing. Uh, not Echo, but... Um, fives. Uh, Sorry, Fives. So Poor Fives. Yeah, poor Fives. I hate bringing that up. It was basically kept between um, basically the Emperor, the Geonosians, and uh, Dooku. But if Echo has been in the Separatists and has the ability to basically be a quote-unquote cyborg, does he have the ability to know that there is a chip inside his head? And what happens to him during Order 66? Ooh. A fascinating question that I'm worried we will never not get an answer to. Yeah, I, I get the the same the same feeling. Yeah, very very interesting. Um, yeah. actually, want to I want to ask all of you. So I noticed on my third viewing that uh, when Echo decides to leave, he already has the Bad Batch's red skull. Uh, a signet or the logo on his armor. Um, and I was kind of thinking, I wonder when he got that. And was it just like, Oh, you fought with us. We're going to give this to you as like an honorary member. Or do you think he was actually considering joining them beforehand? Like, do you think it didn't, it didn't occur to him until, until kind of Hunter offered it or was he I, almost like wishing? I interpreted it as a, like, that they'd given him a badge of honor almost. Yeah, that's. I thought the same thing. Like, I was going to say these Regardless same. of whether he was going to go with him or not, they had recognized his ability and, uh, I don't know, his need to belong, I guess. Yeah. And be unique. Well, I mean, yep. he was already pretty unique, but he, he got, you know, pretty specialized armor that wasn't fully, like, full real clone armor, but it fit his, uh, you know, I guess his smaller frame. Um, because he was so emaciated, but um, it was very, it was just the chest part of the armor, and that looks, it, it just, it looked a little bit different as far as, like, the, the styling of it, so um, I imagine they probably kind of gave it to him, like you said, as a badge of honor, and then also to kind of make him stand out among the other clones, because, you know, all the other clones are also, you know, decked out with their squad or other other things on their armor. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's just cool to see. It really is. Yeah. Um, fun fact as well. Uh, this ending, I, we talked about it earlier a little bit, but this ending is actually very different from what was originally written. Um, at, at the, you know, at the very end of the episode, you know, we have, as as we see on Disney Plus, Anakin, Obi Wan, Mace, and Cody are debriefing Rex, Echo, and Clone Force ninety nine, and they they say that hey, all the Republic shipyards are back up and running, and you're gonna all get medals. And the Bad Batch decides, nah, they're not gonna go to the medal ceremony with Echo because accolades aren't really their thing. They're just in it for the thrill and 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 to get the job done. In the original version, they actually all did go straight to the medal ceremony. Uh, they never even had this this whole scene where Echo leaves. Instead, it goes straight to the uh, the medal ceremony. Um, they get their medals, and that's it. And Echo never joins the Bad Batch, um, and 
and uh, it, the episode just kind of ends in a more of a heroic but not really uh, final way for any of them. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think I like this ending a lot better. I think this one fits better. Definitely do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because it, it wraps up Echo's story in a in a very nice way. So I I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, so, okay, let's... This is actually uh, inspired by a question uh, I was asked... Uh, Aaron and I were asked at the screening. But uh, let's go around <laughs> and answer... Who's your favorite... Now that we've seen all four episodes, who's your favorite Bad Batcher? Bad Batch clone. Clothing Force 99. <sighs> Aaron, why don't you go first? <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. You go first. Yeah, okay. Well, I've actually been thinking about this because um, I've been asked it several times now. <laughs> I I tend to lean a little bit more towards tech, I think, because I can relate to him a lot. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm not a programmer like on the level of uh, William over there, but I don't code um, either for the record, but, <laughs> uh, but my dad's a software designer. Um, so I grew up with computers like all my life, um, been able to put stuff together and, and troubleshoot and basically be a, uh, in-house tech support for basically any job I've ever had. I was pulled out of class in sixth grade to go fix a teacher's laptop. And <laughs> oh, wow. So I've, I've always kind of gravitated towards technology, which is partially why I ended up in the job field that I have. Um, so I, I, I tend to, uh, I guess, lean towards the nerds a little bit. <laughs> so tech, tech has always had a, a kind of a soft spot with me. Nice. Uh, cool. How about you, Tom? Um, I'm going to go with Crosshair. I like Crosshair because uh, my second. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Crosshair because I I like the Clint Eastwood aspect of him <laughs> and the lone gunslinger type thing. Oh yeah, I, I just soft spoken, and soft spoken carries a big gun, knows how to use it. <laughs> there you go. William, you go next. Uh, I'll I'll go after Stephen. Okay, Stephen, you're up. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, that's tough. I. Th- I think I'd probably. I think I'm gonna go with Crosshair. It's between Crosshair and Wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just I think the last episode elevates Crosshair for me, mm-hmm. um, particularly the hallway sequence. Um, plus, I will say I just I do think I like his armor the most of all of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that helmet's pretty cool. Okay. Um, okay, William, you're up now. So, um, it, my favorite bad batcher has to be Echo. Is that is that I mean, cheating? I feel like, okay. Oh, I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> okay. You cheated. Um, okay. Okay. If I if I, <laughs> wow, if I don't William. pick Echo, yeah, I was waiting because Aaron knew I was going to give that answer. Probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, hey, William. Okay, but if it's not Echo, then um, then Tech. I, I, I very similar to you, Aaron. I, I like Tech a lot. Uh, Crosshair probably second, um, but they're they're all they're all really cool. Yeah, come on, Echo though. Like he's a he's part of the Bad Batch now, right? Come on, he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. But, you're just like I mean, uh, I, I'm blanking on a good analogy for you, but you're you're that kid. 
is I, where breaking the rules, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah, because... technically correct, but you're like, what's your favorite sandwich, William? Oh, you like hot dogs. I mean, not technically a sandwich, but sure, fine. Like, <laughs> good one. Oh, oh boy. Well, uh, I think with that, we can get into our ratings. Um, Tom, you want to go first? Uh, flat out 10. I love the episode. That I, I, I've said enough about this episode. It's, it's a 10. I think what I will say is what pushed it over the top, the Mace Windu monologue. That <laughs> put it over the top right there. Okay. That was Mace Windu. You could imagine it was Samuel L. Jackson standing up there. It would have been fun to see Samuel L. Jackson actually saying that up there, but it, it's it's a 10. So with my 10 Womp Rats, this is going to be the hardest thing. of What am I going to do with my 10 Womp Rats? Because there are so many ways you could go with this to where they won't survive. So I think <laughs> what's going to happen is my 10 Womp Rats, you see, they, they did not make it out of Ad- Admiral Trench's ship. They were actually the ones that were supposed to have been guarding that switch. And because they weren't around when Anakin was able to get it, well, Admiral Trench made sure there was a failsafe to keep them on the ship. And this little cage came down and trapped them where they were, wherever they were on the ship. And they were, they went down with the ship, just like Admiral Trench. So Riddle. Yeah, well, you know, when have we been? No, I've been easy on the Womp Rats a few times. Can't do it in this case. <laughs> so, Aaron, why don't you go next? Okay. Um, I will definitely echo that. Echo Ten it. Ten Womp Rats. Nice. <laughs> Good one. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm learning. Uh, I have very excellent teachers in you, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Ten Womp Rats, uh, really, really great conclusion to this arc. Um good old school clone wars back to the real the fun um action and craziness and of course all the clones um what am i gonna do with my womp rats um i'm gonna say they're gonna go uh hitch a ride on the back of those uh oh what were what were they called car oh caradex Yes, Kiradex. I okay, was trying Kiridex. to look it up, and I, I don't have internet access right now, so um, they're going to go catch a ride on them and ride off into the sunset and, you know, maybe suffocate in the vastness of space. <laughs> well, then. That escalated quickly. Wow. <laughs> Poor Womp Rats. Oh, it's too funny. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, well, it's late. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, William, why don't you go? Yeah, I, I I'm gonna give it uh, nine out of ten. Wamprats. I loved the episode. Um, only reason I'm not giving it like a ten is because I think that like we, we've got the siege of Mandalore coming up. We've got Ahsoka coming back, so I, I have to temper just a little bit. Be, but this was a fantastic episode. It's it's nice to see all the clones back. It's nice to see uh, you know Admiral Trench, who's kind of become a you know, a pretty consistent villain throughout the the series uh, meet his his final end. I mean, he's the first villain we meet chronologically in the in the series. Oh, well, that is very true. Um, so he's kind of both been with us since the beginning, although he technically was season two. Um, 
He was supposed to have died already. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they already tried to kill him once. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just, I love the Bad Batch. There are a lot of fun clones uh, with different abilities. And I think, you know, over time, they, they really, they were already pretty great right off the bat. And they really grow on you more and more. And I, I love seeing mm-hmm. like, Wrecker's um you know his his insane um fighting skills crosshairs great shot uh hunter is more of the the serious clone um he's a he's a great leader but also you know has this great tracking ability which we didn't really get to see much of after the first episode and then um uh uh and tech of course my my personal favorite and just getting to see echo come back i loved echo i loved what they do with him i i Part of me kind of wishes they'd had a little more suspense, but at the same time, uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't. So anyway, nine out of 10 Womp Rats. And uh, my my nine Womp Rats are, uh, you know, there's, they're just, uh, in, you know, Mace, before he, before he battled all the, all the droids back at, you know, for an axis, he, he wanted to practice his speech. And so he found a group of nine Womp Rats and just practiced his speech to them. <laughs> before going after the clones really perfected it you know tried out a few lines it didn't really land well so he, he kind of tweaked them before he finally went on stage with the those battle droids so <laughs> steven well, i guess that means it's up to me then uh i think oh, i'm debating i think i'm gonna go with nine as well and i was debating between nine and nine point five and solid episode overall i I, there's not much else to say. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, a much better conclusion to the arc than you know the previous episode was, but that's good. that the previous episode wasn't the conclusion to an arc. Um, <laughs> and similar to before, like it just it makes me sad that we're not going to get more with these characters. They've left it in such a place that there's interesting stories to be told. Clearly, but I I wish we could get them. Yeah, I'd love um, to see more. As for my nine womp rats, now we need to go into a little bit. Put on your tinfoil conspiracy hats. It's ridiculous <laughs> that there is a switch that blows up an entire <laughs> destroy. I just, just never would happen. It doesn't make any sense. I okay, think, that's okay. Uh, realize that's why my ten womp rats were sitting there trying to guard it. Uh, you don't understand, Tom. It wasn't a self-destruct switch. Trench, oh, okay. spider, and spiders and rats are both pests. And so Trench was working with nine womp rats to take control of the separatists there. He's going to take over the entire organization from Dooku. So he'd put in <laughs> key womp rats throughout the ships to make sure that he could send them a signal to blow up the separatist fleet in time. So he could take over it, Don't worry if it doesn't make it just trust me. So uh, that's, I, I, that's my nine. I'm going to trust you from the other end you. of that self-destruct switch. Okay. You can take your tinfoil hat off now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 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 That's yeah. So and, so in reality, nineteen womp rats went down with the ship. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty much. Okay. Well, coming up on uh, Ion Cannon next week we have the Clone Wars season seven, episode five, Gone with a Trace. In this episode, Ahsoka befriends a pilot but must hide her Jedi past while trying to stop. A dangerous droid. Ahsoka is back. Can you believe it? So excited. Ahsoka lives. Ahsoka uh, lives. Uh, She's back. We get 
finally more Ahsoka after she leaves. Last we saw, she left the Jedi. It's now been like two seasons without Ahsoka, basically, or a season and a half without Ahsoka. Um, so I'm I'm glad to to get more content, and it's the first brand new, never before seen content for the Clone Wars. So we're in a brave new world. I'm not gonna be comparing story reels anymore. Um, kind of. <laughs> That's <laughs> there. There was a you're right. Clone Wars panel that they talked a lot about this stuff, uh-huh. but we didn't get the animation reels for right. these, so right. it will be fairly fresh. Yeah, there there was a minor change, like a uh, at least uh, there are a couple changes we know about, like a character named Nix was transformed into these two sisters instead. So there have been some pretty big changes, I guess, as well. But uh, it's definitely something we've not seen before. And uh, officially, I'm supposed to have, we're supposed to have no knowledge of. So we'll see. Right. We'll see what happens um, there. By the way, before we go, hey, Steven. So I'm taking your nine womp rats couldn't disarm a self-destruct switch. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Bad. Oh, Just. boy. No. I had to. I think we need to go. Aaron, thank you for show uh, for coming <laughs> on the show. <laughs> thank you guys for having me again. I love talking about the clones, and I never thought we would get to do it again. So I'm always happy to hop on and have some fun. It's it's always so well, great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, and uh, you want to tell people where they can where they can find you online? Uh, find me on Twitter at VeraJexGuard. Um, Nobody knows how to spell that, so will you, I guess you guys will, I will post that. <laughs> I'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Everybody just calls me Vero in, instead of trying to pronounce it, so it's fine. Mm. But um, I don't think it's that hard it's to like spell. My handle, but, but, it, it's my handle you know. on everything, and, and people botch it left and right. So, you know, I get used to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I know. They, they get Master Devil wrong as well they call it dev we and all that stuff so yeah. <laughs> anyway we will definitely link to it but thank you so much for joining us as always it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast um thank you thank you you're one of our i'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you're one of our longest and uh most frequently uh, uh most frequent guests it's always it's always a pleasure to have you on well i mean you know yeah. you gotta have your resident clone expert on right exactly that's that's literally Absolutely. why we brought you on for this arc <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah we'll be back next week with our review of gone with a trace ahsoka's back thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away for over a decade ion cannon has covered every corner of the saga from the films and animated series like the clone wars and rebels to books comics games and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.